0: Hey, one more thing before you go, what happens after we die? Ascension, reincarnation, what if we had a way to look way beyond the confines of religion and societal norms and to understand the truth behind so many of the traditions, assumptions, and beliefs that shape modern day life? Stay tuned as we talk to a man that has those unique answers. I'm your host, Michael Hurst, and welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. My guest in this episode is Stephen Machette. He is an American entertainment entrepreneur, a film producer, and the author of 10 books. He's a music publisher and a manager and a lawyer of talent, as well as the owner of a record label. Machette has represented Electric Light Orchestra, Genesis, Peter Gabriel, Phil Collins, Ready for the World, Leonard Cohen, Phil Spector, Snoop Dogg, Stacey Jackson, Phil Crown, and Bobby Brown, to name a few. He grew up with legends like frank sinatra in stephen's tenth book we've got to get out of this place he explores the smoke and mirrors that surround humanity religion and philosophy revealing the truths that remain hidden in plain sight he delves deep into the exploration of earthly death ascension and reincarnation and draws convincing research-based conclusions to five of the most significant questions for mankind including what happens after we die welcome to the show
1: hey thank you i'm honored to be here if i may just edit a little sure right now i have i have a record label with my wife who i married up there in your territory up in sedona and we have a label it's called ssk records and we've opened it and we have music coming out all over the world i can't stop acting the artists. I said to Debbie, as long as you're okay with this, and she loves music, so as long as you're okay with it, because it's a, there is no hours in creation, and there's no hours in perpetuating a belief. So that's what we're doing right now. We have that, in us making movies, and it's a very active, active life that I'm living. And I'm honored to meet you. And the story you told me mm-hmm. earlier is a story every hermit, human must hear, because what you said to me. You told me that the eternal energy of the eternal mind, not the physical mind, but the eternal mind can help conquer all odds except for what just can't be fixed. But the love that you had and the support that you had to help you get there is better than anything I could sit and tell you because it's you. You're a blessing and you're a tribute. And I honor the fact that I'm here talking to you.
0: Stephen, thank you very much. It, it, for the listeners out there, we were talking about my journey from uh, uh, getting injured in the line of duty my, and my time in a wheelchair and uh, being told I would always be there. And as all of you that do uh, listen to this program, which I'm grateful for, you know that uh, uh, it was a journey walking out of that wheelchair and, I'm, and I haven't looked back since. So, Stephen, thank you for recognizing that. I appreciate that very much.
1: It's a great life story for me.
0: Well, speaking of life stories, we're gonna. This is Stephen. This is your life.
1: <laughs> are you? Are you Peter?
0: Uh, yes, I am. I, we'll, we'll call it a little uh, a little crossover. <laughs> um, I'm glad you re- Yeah, that you, we we remember that show. <laughs> uh, I just kind of. I like to start at people's. I, I love your journey. I love the journey that you've taken, and uh, I really want to get into. Your new, you know, the new endeavors with the, especially with the the book that you've written and uh, the new music that you're working with. But I kind of like to start at the beginning. Can can you tell me where you grew up?
1: Well, I landed in Planet Earth, and I came out in a in an island that we call Manhattan. And Manhattan is really an Indian word, although no one wants to own up to it. And it's just it was a beautiful place to begin. So I came out of mom. I had a father, my father, we all do. And my two parents basically were young uprising. My dad had gotten out of World War II. This is in 1952, we went to law school. He became a lawyer on the GI Bill. And my dad ended up a lawyer, but he couldn't work for the big WASP, the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant firms. So he had to go out on his own and he ended up doing negligence work and. I say this because you probably like this. He got in, got a call from a friend, a World War II vet, his buddy said, listen, I've got a very famous man, and he's gonna call you tonight because we got into a car crash, and I want him to help, you to help him. His name was Sugar Ray Robinson, and that became my father's first entertainment client, real one, and dad ended up talking his way into being the business manager and Dad ended up handling Sugar Ray Robinson's career, but at the same time, as, as in our world today, entertainers and boxers and sports athletes, they all share a common place. They share the um, basically the uncertainty of being a star for the moment because those lights don't last forever. You have to create a new light, a new light. And Sugar Ray introduced Dad to bands like the Platters, and, you know he had clyde Otis and clyde mcfetter and the drifters and all of a sudden dad started drifting to england because he wanted to go back there since he was during world war ii and he went back there and different artists different up-and-coming artists would come over and meet with him and you know different promoters and different producers and dad ended up bringing back you know during the english um, musical rock history He ended up being the U.S. lawyer for people like Donovan, Herman Hermits, Dave Clark Five, The Kinks, The Who. And what happened was I asked people questions. I've never stopped asking questions. It's like I reincarnated to ask questions because I had five questions that my whole life I wanted answered and no one could answer me because I was going into sacred forbidden territories. I wanted to know why we couldn't get along. I wanted to know why you and I are taught that we're not the same. I wanted to know why we believe it. I wanted to know why all of a sudden I'm told I'm, I'm a religion and my religion has a different God than that other religion. I wanted to know why we hated each other. I wanted to know why man would kill each other. I wanted to know, what is this? Why don't we understand? And I believe from the day go, that we were all the same so all my books and all my themes and my entire path here in life has been a quest to understand who are you who am i what is the difference between you and i why are we here what are we here to do and then okay you're dead but you're an energy force you know we live in a machine called a body the macho- uh, the body it's okay i know i'm not my body But my body is my temple. And Sugar Ray Robinson is the one that taught me this. He would come to our house. We lived in a place called Roslyn. And he would go run the hills that we had. It's one of the few places that has hills in uh, Long Island, which is Nassau and Suffolk. It's also Queens and Brooklyn, but they don't teach that to you. And he would run and I would ride a bike. And he forever told me, take care of your body. Exercise it. Don't waste it. I know you're going to do whatever you're going to do, but never do anything that will hurt your body. Never do anything that will take you out of your temple. And I pretty much listened to it. I made that a way of my life. And whenever I may have strayed from that, I got right back. I don't like being unhappy. And I've learned Kundalini energy, which helped me stay in my energy. And, and then when I read that the Catholic Church tells you that yoga is the devil's womb, I came out. And you don't need them telling you what to do. And kundalini energy is the most important thing in exercising kundalini energy, which is really the phoenix called your navel. What you do is you pump it up and you got the energy ready to go. And you know about getting up your energy. They can't stop you from lighting a fire in your body. You may be in northern Phoenix, but you are a phoenix. You're a spirit that lit that body up. And your body was not ready to go and bless you here you are so that's what i did i went to law school i was a public defender there i ran for the united states senate i ran for the u.s congress i think both parties are nuts we we live in a world where we're taught the truth we're taught a government works for you a government represents the people we run for an office to be part of a government that works for the people the people do not work for your government. They do not need to be divided into two political parties. Whereas Nancy Pelosi very non politely had her DCC tell me that I have to echo what the Democratic Party wants me to say to the 26th district. I wanted to be the congressman in out of Key West. I love Dorothea Hemingway's energy i may not have liked the way he exposed his energy but i thought what better place to be a congressman than to walk around the keys right exactly anyway i did and i didn't get it but i ran against rubio and i did one debate with rubio and then afterwards i'm like he ain't talking (laughs) this night and i ran as an independent because the democratic party told me they are selected this senator and i'm like we're having a primary and um i guess it was the end of August in 2016. But they selected who gave them the most money. And anyway, so I, my politics is real simple. It's people politics. You know, I met a band called The New Edition. I met their five mothers from Roxbury, Massachusetts. And I figured, I'm going to learn about the underprivileged. I'm going to learn about the rationing that goes off and how they take care of them and why they created a world where we're going to help people survive. So we're going to throw money at them so they get out of society. But to get the money, you can't have the father in the house. It's like, are you kidding me? Because the wow. father could work. Not everyone could work. They can't. You know, and I, I did the new edition. I did them all the way through. If you listeners are there. I did Bobby Brown. What I mean by I did Bobby Brown, I love these people. And, yes, I put together a team, and these teams will show you, like, I don't know what happened to your Phoenix Suns. How did they lose when they had the best record in basketball? But you lose. Sometimes teams go astray. And the trick is you're part of a team. And Earth is a team. And when you put together a team, you become a matrix. And that's what my book, Gods and Gangsters, is about. I tell you how the matrix is to create, promote, and enhance the careers where all of a sudden this God that you now believe was put together by gangsters who did it for pure profit. I did that. I did it because I economically knew how to do it, and it was like playing a game. That's why that cover you showed people is a game board. We came to Earth. Why did we incarnate and come here? We came here for the candy, for the sugar. But you know something? When you eat sugar, you're going to have a pain. All life has its joys and its pain. It has light and it has darkness. And you need to figure out how to navigate that life between light and darkness. It's a tightrope. And you stand on the tightrope and if you get too much light you'll fall off and you've got a problem because you'll burn if you get too much darkness you'll never come back into the light get on the tightrope that's the game of life it's the tightrope you a, sit there and you walk it it's a beautiful thing but i'm gonna let you ask me questions because nice i can balance.
0: oh that's i'm having a, i'm i am taking all of it in i i agree with you on everything that you just said so that just makes me feel good to hear it out loud and uh to kind of get it coming right from there your mouth to to my ears and to my soul. So yeah, it's okay. It's all good. <laughs>
1: you remind me of Dennis Hopper, by the way.
0: Dennis Hopper. Well You remind
1: I, me of Dennis Hopper. Yeah, I guess that's a good <laughs> <It's> thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved him.
0: Yeah, Dennis Hopper's a brilliant artist. Uh I loved his movies. I love what he stood for. So that's a compliment. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wear it. <laughs> you've got his energy.
0: And I you his know, it, it, it. I love what you said about the fact that we are on this planet. It is a balance. We have to we have to walk that tightrope. But if we don't balance it correctly, and you know we talked about it earlier. You know I could have gone to the light side like I'm doing now. Or I could have gone to the dark side where I was. I was in a very bad place for a little while because of my injuries because of my resentment my anger and everything that went to it it took me a little bit of time to straighten back up on that rope and to walk the path along that rope to keep balance you know i'm a human being like everybody else so occasionally we'll lean over to the dark side occasionally we'll lean over to the the light side but but you're right it's just it's a balance that we have to keep straight and narrow that's I've got to read, I'm going to have to go back and read your first book. Or Gods and Gangsters, pardon me. The um, yeah, yeah. A brilliant, uh, yeah, this sounds brilliant. I, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that the angels brought us together. So it, I think that uh, uh, your philosophy in life is a wonderful uh, introspect on us as an individual, us as a community, and us as a whole, as well as energy in the whole universe. that we all have to work together to make this work yeah yeah yeah
1: and you got to be aware of the energy i've lived in i've taken part in life in over 100 countries and i consider that a flat out blessing i've got in the middle of their stars the people that they bow down and pray to and you know and i went to territories that never met anyone that represented any of them so i was able to share with people the truth of life there's no difference we want love, we need love, and we live to discover love. Not understanding we are love. We came from a supreme being of love. And we fight it. Well I want more. Well good luck. <laughs> How could <laughs> you have know, more love than love? You know
0: exactly. Good luck. <laughs> well there are a few of us that actually I think they have really experienced what true love really is. And and, and I don't mean true love as in the romantic comedy type true love. It kind of fits within there a little bit as well. But um, when you've been to a dark place and you're pulled out of that dark place with those around you and those people that support you and those organizations that support you in a very positive way, um, you understand what true love is. You understand what, what that feels like to have that around you to wrap itself like a hug, around you and to hold on to you and support you and it uh it makes your heart work good
1: well your heart a heart is proof of how to live your heart what it does is it breathes in and it breathes oxygen created by plants and then when you breathe out you breathe out the carbon dioxide that the plants need it's a game you gotta Mm -hmm. you gotta be giving and taking like a heart works it gives and it takes if all you do is give, you'll fall on your face. If all you do is take, you'll fall on your back. You gotta balance yourself. That's, I don't know, that's one of my rules of life, balance. Well, you know, it, I, I gotta ask you,
0: I, it balances 100%. You need to balance, to th- you know, that's why I meditate every day, to balance me. It gives me, yeah, yeah. Gives me peace, it gives me the opportunity to reflect. Serenity. And Serenity gives me the opportunity to be grateful. Uh, you know, th- th- for what I have around me and who I have around me, uh, it gives me that moment to take a take a breath and uh, just be. Take a yeah, breath yeah. and just be and appreciate that. Um, <clears throat>
1: That's the present.
0: Because of my your background in my background, I have to ask this question: How do you think music plays into that? Is it like a is? Do you agree that music is a universal language?
1: It's in it. Music is you. Your body is made up of particles. You're not taught that, you know. And some people call them crystals, but you're moving particles. And what happens is you're a vibration. You're a walking vibration. People are not taught that. When you come walking into a room, or you're sitting down there, you're a vibration. And what you do is you tune your body to hear the song that your body's making. When your parents created you, that was two energies making a musical whatever you want to call it it's an orchestra a symphony a symphony of love they created you you're a song you are a song made by mommy and daddy we're all songs and then what the songs do is you walk around and when they tell you the law of attraction what you're doing is you're attracting energy that's sort of similar or yeah. you're attracting energy that are hitchhikers and they'll take your energy and so what you need to do is to learn what is what. You know, if, if you don't feel comfortable with someone, listen to it and get out of there. Don't sit there trying to convince people. And if you're upset that someone rejected you, well, I tell people that's God's protection. Yeah. God protected you from someone that wasn't right for you. Just get on with it, just live it. But so to answer you through music, specifically what you asked me, music is a vibration that is reproduced by mankind the purpose of communicating with you the joys and horrors and the love and the pain that you have in your heart that you want to give to others. And it becomes a memory because what it will do is it will stick in your mind. Remember the first song you ever heard? You remember where you were when you heard it. You remember who you loved, who you hated. You remember your second grade school teacher if it happened in that era. You you attach memories because in the end When we leave planet Earth, we become a memory. And in that second, that doesn't exist. That moment, that time stands still when we're out of our bodies. And that's what my book's about. You have the choice of coming back, reincarnating here on Earth. And I've spent many years studying with the different Dalai Lama's peoples and the Buddhists and the Hindus and the Indians to talk about going to the beyond. And I've spent a lot of time, you have another choice. If you could lose the density, the weight that comes with an attachment—that's what they don't teach you. When they say attachment, there's a weight you got to take some. When you lose that weight, and that's shared with you in the book, you become as free as a bird. You become the butterfly that you're meant to be. You're not coming back. And when you come back, you're like a moth. You're a butterfly, and you're going to ascend out of this matrix called planet Earth, and you're going to go to the beyond. My study of Egyptian mysticism to understand the secrets hidden in plain view. As I dissected what we're taught, I'm like, "This is outrageous!" This—they're telling me there's other dimensions, and I study quantum physics like few people do, except those that get paid for it. And I don't pay people that get paid for studying the art of living. You know, I get—I enjoy meeting people that happen to be what they do. But I believe a scientist is not someone that stops and says, this is all you need to know. No, because things change. The energy, the music sources, the winds, the water moving, the winds moving. I recorded plants. I put plants out making noise where they communicate with each other to build a social network that we call a biodiversity sphere. I I just want to learn more. I don't want to stop. I want to discover what I can And as long as I can talk to people and say, hey, here it is to sit there with a band. We have a band called Rocks Revolt and the Velvets to sit there and give them the encouragement to believe they could conquer the world when they're from an area just north of Naples, Florida, it's powerful. And if I could sit here talking to the youth and telling them never to give up and have that giving them examples as to how you could win. And you're one of the many examples and you're a blessing to know. That's what it is. It's the power of suggestion, the power of proof that this is what I did. Go do it. Go discover love. Don't give in. Don't become someone's robot. Don't harm people. Give everyone their own way. But get what's yours and find some energy that you love and you can share it with. If the energy dissipates and the lives change, so be it. You don't own the energy. No one owns. Love is not ownership.
0: You know, joy. the people who are watching this obviously can see this in your face and in your actions and the positivity that exudes around you and from you they see the genuine in your eyes they see the honesty and the integrity that just it eludes from you it it just it, it it shoots out it shows so the people who are listening you need to watch this video when when you get the opportunity to um Reality is, I love that concept that you that you just spoke about. I think that we forgot, not all of us, of course, because obviously you're there, but we have forgot the art of communication. We forgot the art of that what you said earlier about the plants and putting them together and that they talk to each other and they continue to build a community within that arena and that we're part of that as well. I think that gives... Um, gives us a kind of a meaning of life a little bit. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, it's, I have the school of Okay, you go there. One of my guest lecturers, and he's my artist, Steve Scully, we're having a series of discussions about interspecies communications. And it's outrageous. I mean, this is a friend of mine that I've known for years, and I attract these energies. And he sits there and tells you, what the Indians used to tell you. He sits there and tells you what they call all the, um, the shaman or whatever, you know? The,
0: sh-
1: the shaman. The shaman. Yeah. Shaman. They live, they live with nature. You go to these pharmaceutical companies, all they're doing you is selling you a plant and they make it a chemical version of what the plant did, you know? And it's, that's where it all comes from. So they can mass produce it and it's not what nature gave us. You know, when you live in a world of a global economy, it's like, it's insane. I live in Miami, Florida. I have coconuts. If you're living up there in Louston, Maine, you don't need to have a coconut. You're not getting sun beating down on you. And they sit there. When I was a growing up in Florida, we had oranges and we had grapefruits. And then we signed a NAFTA contract where now the oranges are grown in <clears throat> Mexico. I mean, are you kidding me? The trees live in Florida, and then grapefruits used to stop at all the um, turnpike stops and everything. Mm-hmm. There'd be all this grapefruit for you to buy. Good luck finding it. You know it's not there. The cactuses—I love cactus. They don't teach how to eat cactus. That's one of the best meals you can get. Yeah. But why do the Mexicans have to send sell it to us instead of us here in America live and eat what's in your community? We don't need to serve food that's been frozen. I mean, we live in an industrial, agricultural, military complex. And all we care about is the banks that we give interest payments to, which if you believe in Jesus, is why he was hung anyway. Because he said, you can't go lending money to people and charging them interest. You help your brother and your sister and your whatever. You help your family. So you're punishing them because you gave them money? It's like a timeout.
0: Yeah, I agree I with that. I, I you know, I agree with that 100%. That's the reason I'm not a practicing Catholic any longer, because I've, I believe that organized religion is not uh, they're only there for a specific purpose and it's monetary. It's not to go out and help people. They you take your money. Exactly. I left the Catholic Church because um, my parents had gotten divorced, and they excommunicated my mother, who was a devout Catholic, couldn't, said you couldn't take communion, and Stopped coming to church and uh, did the same thing to us kids. And we had no play in whether or not my parents got divorced. And we still got the fallout from that. And that's horrible. I had to when I went.
1: And you wore that scar until you realized they're lying.
0: Yeah. How dare they? Yep. When I went back to get married, uh, myself in the Catholic Church, we had to ask for readmittance. I had asked ask for readmittance in the Catholic Church. It's was like, I didn't do anything wrong in the first place. So at that time, I said, you know, uh, organized religion is, um, when you when you look at organized religion, you look at, uh, I can't remember his name now, it's the, the guy with, every Sunday he's got the big flashy um, mansion and the the Ferraris and the Rolexes and the um,
1: With a guy in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And during the floods, he's sitting up on his church is sitting up on a on on a high high area. The doors were all locked. Because he didn't want anybody that was muddy or dirty coming in when everything was being flooded. They needed a a place of refuge. Yeah, I can't remember. This
1: guy in Houston, I've been in this place. I've been down there. And I did things insane. He wouldn't let people in there during the hurricane.
0: That's what I'm saying. And he he's went, sitting there.
1: He wouldn't let him in. Yeah, in. You know, when the United States Constitution was written, the word church meant the Vatican. They didn't tell you you can't have local churches. Separation of church, the Vatican, the government, without king or pope. You know, it's like they don't get it. We need a government for the people, by the people, of the people. And that's the premise. And these men would learn men. All money. money. Every every move they make, every breath they take. I love when they're figuring out how to feed the people and they're talking about the trillions of dollars. The first thing you would do if I was the government, I owned your house, you would come back to me and say, look, I can't pay the interest. You've got 535 clowns in that office. Not one of them said to the budget, we're going to stop letting the Federal Reserve charge us interest. They don't have the money. They print the money. And we believe this, and I'm now telling you my political viewpoints, there's something wrong. We live in a world where we have to have Father God in a man-made image telling us it's okay. And everyone needs to hear this, and I'll I'll go to any altar or any cross there is. You and I have the same supreme being that created us. It's the same thing that Thomas Jefferson wrote about. It's disgusting what we do. We look for a father God to pat us on the back. Father God gave the Ten Commandments. And that's what I write about. You know, honor your father and honor your mother, Mother oh. Earth. Honor it and live here and find out why you wanted life. You got it. Love oh. it. And let's go. Build your team. Live a dream.
0: That's okay. Our political views uh, kind of are aligned. I agree with that 100%. I was watching a thing this morning, which. Again, I'll. This is part of my political views. I was watching the uh, hearings this morning that they were bringing in witnesses uh, from the mass shootings in Uvalde and uh, Buffalo and these areas, and um, this uh, representative from uh, uh, Louisiana comes on Higgins, and you know he says, "Well, when I was a young patrolman back in 2005 and." Um, I went on my this call. I got a call from a man down in the street. I showed up to the man down the street, and you know I leaned down there, and I could see he was dying. He had a head injury, and I leaned down and picked him up. And I said, "What happened?" He said, I got "Hit with an axe handle," and he died right there in my in my arms. And he died with an axe handle, not with a gun, with an axe handle. And he goes, yeah, "I will never impede upon anybody's right to own a weapon." And it's like, what the hell does that have to do with what's going on right now, number one? Number two, as a law enforcement officer, as a career law enforcement officer, I know damn well you saw more than just somebody hit with an axe handle. You went to those shootings. You saw what they do. You've seen what an AR-15 does to to a body. It mutilates them. The kid in Uvalde, some of these kids in Uvalde, or decapitated, literally decapitated. They had your DNA to identify which kid was what. And I I I I had to tweet him, literally, and said, Don't call yourself yeah. a cop. Don't call yourself a cop because you, you have no humanity, you have no compassion. So there I like, that's my little soapbox.
1: <laughs> no, but it's true. He's a beast. You know, real quickly, if you look at a body, your body has seven engines. Okay, and then They poo-poo what I teach you, but they have seven chakras, all right? So the Vatican makes those naughty words, right? But those engines work, and they're not part of you. They're part of your body. And your bottom three chakras, right, are the ones that make your body work. And what all of us do, we're beasts. We eat, we sleep, and we defecate, and then we reproduce, That's what every animal does what mankind needs to do is okay after i do what i need to do as a beast how do i use my top three chakras how do i use my ability to communicate how do i use my ability to shut my mind off when i meditate and to get into my space stop acting like beast and communicate with my crown chakra how do i get there where i could help make mankind better Because each move that we make can make us all better. It can make heaven here on earth. We can move mountains when we act together. And the heart is the balance. And you said something earlier, and whatever it's worth, here's an answer for you. Life is about art. How does your heart work? What is a heart? It's he, H-E, but get rid of that. It's art, A-R-T. Where are you living? You're living on earth. Okay, there's five letters. Go to the second, third, and fourth letter. What do you got? You got art. You're living on earth to make art, to make what you can only do as a physical form using the intuition and your ingenuity of building a team and creating more than there was before. And it's like that's the blessing. And, and in this book, I just share with everyone quantum physics. And I'd be so honored. If, and I, by the way, I got reviewed. They called it the number one spiritual book out right now. I beat the other the other guys that do what that that preacher does. They say, "Hey, I've got a refund. I've got an eye for you." Sign up, and pay me a hundred dollars a week. It's like, what are you doing? God is God is great, and God wants me to have money, and you give it to me instead of you. What What are you telling me? It's crazy.
0: That's brilliant. That's just brilliant. Yes, it is. And congratulations for that, uh, by the way. That's that allows us to. Uh, uh, that's a very interesting perspective. Looking at it from from that, I, you know, every morning, I, I, go out on the back patio, and uh, I do it early now because it gets hot or later now here, but I go out on the back patio. My dog even knows. Hey, if I miss the time, my dog's in front of me, looking up at me like, "Hey, Dad, let's go out," and we sit on the back <laughs> patio, and I listen to the birds. I talk to the birds. I talk to my trees, I talk to my bushes, I talk to my flowers, I talk to what I have back there. I'm one with the universe in my arena and grateful to Mother Nature and grateful to the universe what I have and and for those being there. And believe it or not, my trees and my bushes and uh, my flowers and everything along that line thrive. To yeah. hear it every day, I say it out loud. So, what you said earlier about communicating with nature, uh, communicating and living with Mother Nature and our earth and our environment, um, absolutely 100%. You know, you need to try it. You need to open your eyes, open your heart, um, which, again, what you just said with the analogy with he and art here on earth and creating art. Uh, again, brilliant. I'm walking away from this with a whole new perspective on the word heart uh, and the feeling of heart that I had never felt before. Uh, so thank you for that. I think that um, you answered the question, the meaning of life, very effectively, very effectively.
1: It's to, it's to create nothing less yeah. and to I, do it with love, and you will join the eternity and when you go back because your body can't last forever because it's it was not created it was made to last you get 120 years <laughs> and i will i'll give you a funny story i went looking for people that beat the 120 right so one time i met this new age thing in new york and this guy comes out and my friends i had crystal bowls and i, I re- used to crystal balls and we made made an album of uh, singing balls crystal bowl collection and then went to all these different healers. I kept telling them, what's your secret? They said, you, like what? We met you. You're the one that's gonna tell our story. You're the one, oh. they said to me more than one of them. You're the one that will walk into any fire and have the courage to put it out with the energy. And you know, I'm not an angel. I'm a true rock and roller. And if I went off the cracks here or there, I apologized if I harmed anyone but I never intended to harm anyone, let alone everyone. I just wanted what I, I wanted to get the communication out there. I wanted it to just go forward. And it's so important that people understand that's what we're here to do. You know, it's to communicate with each other. It is. Get it out.
0: It is 100%. Uh, That's why I have this podcast. So I can talk to. Yeah. yeah. Worldwide. We can talk worldwide. It puts us sitting in front of each other. Like we're, Having a, well, I'm having a cup of tea. Um, you, you, earlier you mentioned something about so, uh, being here and uh, the, the body is only meant to last so long. So uh, what what happens when we die?
1: I'll tell you that one second anyway, because this is what I didn't finish as I drifted. But anyways, so I found this guy at this New <laughs> I, Age I, place I and he's wearing all orange. Yeah, we all do that. He's wearing all orange. And they said to me, my bold people, they said, he's 118 years old. Holy so I'm Lord. like, right? So I look at him, and I try to shake his hand. and He's got two handlers next to him, and they wouldn't let me near him. And I'm like, what is this? I said, I just want to shake the hand of someone that succeeded like this. Oh. They said, no. They said, bow to him. Show him. You know? I'm like, okay. I do this. I look at him. I go, why couldn't I touch you? And he looks at me and he says, son, this is how I protect myself. I don't know you. I don't know what germs you're carrying. And I don't want anything near me that I don't know. I'm like, okay, I get it. Well, he's but he was wearing orange. I asked him, Yeah, and he was wearing orange. I said, does orange do it? <laughs> does <laughs> yeah. it keep away the energies because it's orange?
0: <laughs> oh, that's but it was funny. fun. Yeah, that's, yeah, orange. From my old line of business, orange means criminal. (laughs) So You're in in an orange jumpsuit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They put you in orange uniforms. Maybe they want you to light up your day. Who knows? You you know, and I did a lot of criminal work in my life. And I represented a lot of (laughs) rappers who lived in a society that the only way they could get airplay is by being revolting. I lived in a society that still has not understand. And I did this and I tried to stop it. I wanted people to understand. You're so, like I went to law school with Al Gore and his wife, they start censoring lyrics. Let it out. Get it out. Yeah. But I tried to tell them all, I'm doing video games. These video games are teaching young people how to kill. I did a movie called Bully, which I helped them finish, which was about some kids that went and killed the bully. It's called Bully. You could see it. It's a good movie. That's, they're copycatting. Why would you let a kid, eighteen years old, who's playing with every killing video game exist, the right to go buy an AK forty, whatever seven? AK 40 How stupid! Or an AR- stupid Ar- are you?
0: Or an AR fifteen? Yeah. You you can't. And even those buy, games
1: are dangerous.
0: Yeah, in most uh, most states, you can't buy a pack of cigarettes uh, until, until you're twenty-one. You can't you can't buy a Playboy until you're twenty-one. You um, you can't buy alcohol until you're twenty-one but you can buy an AR-15 when you're 18.
1: That's insane.
0: It is insane, 100
1: And you want a definition of insanity? Is someone telling you you should be able to do it? You How can they justify it?
0: I I, I I, know what an AR-15 can do to somebody. It will you said
1: that it, in a, yeah.
0: obliterate somebody. It, it is designed to kill. It is designed to kill in such a way that you will not recover that's what is designed and if you've ever seen if you've ever seen what an AR15 will do to somebody the bullet will go in and then you're in the front your back explodes it's that simple it it's is designed to kill so, so know, yeah don't don't you ask
1: to... a question that we both interrupted each other you asked me what happens when you die yes. Is that the question you asked me? Yes, what
0: happens when we die? Because we were talking about the body and that the body is designed for maybe 120 years. Um, So what happens when we die?
1: Okay, you, your consciousness, you're now out of body and you're looking at your body and you're like, okay, where do I go? And it's, you know, you have an eternal, time is created by a physical being, a physical awareness, and time is... Time no longer exists, and you're looking, and you're trying to figure out, where's my body? I've been set free. I can do whatever I want. You end up floating into an area that I believe the Catholic Church calls a purgatory. But I I write in my book, it's called Amanati, A-M-A-N-T-I. And it's where you go back. We're all basically released souls, for lack of a better word, but your body's consciousness which is not connected to the higher consciousness, you go back and you, you live your lessons. You're still able to communicate with people. Empathics could communicate with this energy. You don't die. Energy does not die. Energy reforms and becomes new energy. But at the same time, while you're sitting there, if you could ever learn how to let go until, okay, you didn't get what you wanted. Well, let it go. You tried. You know, or you could sit and decide, I'm going to come back, I'm going to do it again. And I go through it in detail for you, explaining to you the different levels of incarnation, reincarnation. And then I give you, according to the Egyptian mysticism and beyond, I give you the understanding of ascension. And that's right there in the book, the middle of the book, is ascension land, where, okay, you learned this lesson, played this game. It's like a video game platform. I played the game of Earth life, and I'm gonna search for more, or I'm going home to God. I'm going straight back to God, where I rejoin the consciousness, the stream of consciousness, which is like an ocean of consciousness into the eternity of everything and evermore, stuff that we cannot even begin to fathom. And I'll go back there and no longer be a single water drop of a consciousness but I'll go back into the ocean or I'll go into the pool and in the pool, I will go with other energies and go make a new matrix. I'll find energy that feels like me looking to attract. I go through it at length and I I walk you through, I give you a one-on-one education of quantum physics and metaphysical truths. And I could talk with you all day, but you know, you like? You could wrap up whatever you want to do. If you have a couple more questions, go for it.
0: Um, yeah, I do actually. The, uh, the when we talk about reincarnation, because I believe in reincarnation, I've heard through my podcast and um, the interviews that I've done in the past, I've got different variations of what people believe in reincarnation. Some say that it you you go um, you come down here for lessons, and each time you go back out when you die. And you come back in. You have to learn a new lesson, and there are other ones that say there's like seven levels that you have to go through before you go to God, before you go to that collective that's at the top. Uh, do you do you believe in either one of those? Do you think that we come down here each time to learn something new?
1: Yes, or to relive something that went mm-hmm. wrong. You know. You know, and I, I've got stories in here. I give you different myths of different energies from China, from here or whatever. It's like you'll come back here because, you know, you sit there and you have your parents' energy, your mm-hmm. grandparents' energy telling you what to do. You come here to get even. Well, that time doesn't exist. Or you come here to find the lost love of your life. Mm-hmm. Or you'll come back here to find the current love of your life because you two didn't finish it. You know, and all you're going to do is find the empires that turned into sand. And you don't know your past because when you agree, I'm coming back, your past is wiped clean. You have no memory of it, except you may at one point start seeing deja vu. And when you start seeing deja vu, what do you do? By the way, if you study how they select Dalai Lama, that's all past life. Mm -hmm. They sit there and they show the Dalai Lama, the toys of the previous Dalai Lama and different possessions. And they go to see if this baby that they're told this is where the Dalai Lama is reincarnated. <laughs> okay, the Dalai Lama reincarnated here. And and they believe this. And maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. But that's how they find the Dalai Lama.
0: Oh, be damn. I didn't know. You that. know,
1: and it's all it's all energy. Like the Catholic Church, right? And there's a video you could see me doing this, you know, because some guy got really mad at me when I was talking at his school, and there were 160 people according to the count. And he says to me, you're making fun of my religion. My religion is not a multidimensional trip. I said, yes, it is. He goes, and he starts. I said, stay there. I said, stand up. And I go like this as loud as I can. I said, right now, Stephen Machat just died. He's next to my left foot. I said, right now, you're Peter. You're at the pearly gates. Everyone in this room can't see Stephen dead. And they can't see Peter at the pearly gates. But they know Stephen's dead. But your religion says, Stephen, something will now go meet Peter, who we can't see either, at the pearly gates. I said, excuse me. I respectfully submit that is nothing but a multidimensional trip. This guy didn't know what to do. I sold a lot of that <laughs> I, I I one.
0: I wish I could have been in that one. I wish I could have been standing next to you.
1: <laughs> the, guy, the guy comes up to me, he's threatening me, and he goes, can I hug you? I go, okay.
0: Oh, his philosophy changed just a little. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's that's amazing. That's brilliant. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this book. We've got to, to get out of this place. Um, I know that it reminds me of music. It <laughs> um, should. <Sure. laughs> exactly, exactly. It's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, let's talk about the book and uh, how to get to it as well. Excuse me, as well, not and, um, as well as the uh, your sacred
1: knowledge. The book is based, I wrote a series of books called The Book of Earth. So the first book is called The Colonization of Earth, The Making of Mankind. It's seven acts. I wrote it as a play. And what I do in that book is I unravel the Bible. I've studied and looked it and searched it out and asked questions and found out my own details. I've went to all the wonders, wonderful places in the earth to the different temples that still exist, to the, um, I've been around the planet. And I did it through song and dance. So book one, The Colonization of Earth, The Making of Mankind, is it's seven acts and I unravel the Bible. Book eight, book two, called Taking Jesus Off the Cross. What I did there is I go through, I discuss Atlantis. I give you a hypothetical example of how Atlantis did exist. I teach you the metaphysics of density. I teach you how Earth is built, how Earth could displace Earth with different energies. And then I go, okay, so great. Now what? I go into act nine where I discuss the creation of imperial religions and imperial governments. And what I try to answer in book one is how did we get into this body? And I tell you about the energy called gods that's referred to in the Bible which the Bible is a rewritten story of the energies that created us, all themselves God. And the one thing I got out of all the tablets I was able to read and they were deciphered by men who gave up their lives and energies to make it so people like me at a later date in basically the road rally of life, handing off their wisdoms, they called themselves gods but they said, we all come from a creator. And they came here to get gold because their planet nibiru which is also in the bible was leaking its atmosphere was leaking and they had different earth than we do and they had an atmosphere that encased it as they traveled around the universe and it took them 3600 years to get around the universe and so i tell you what they did how they created mankind it was made in the god's image yes it was and what they did is They went out and let them multiply, that God's image being the the creator that altered human bodies here. And if you look at it, there's 233 genes that came to earth all of a sudden. They say it came from outer space if you analyze it, if you Google it. And by the way, I could not have written these books 10 years ago. Write it because I do research 24 seven just on the computer because I know what questions to ask. I know where to go, and then I know what further research to do. And I'm a builder of stars. I'm I connect stars. I connect dots. So anyway, I connect this, and then so I teach you about the imperial governments and imperial religions, and how they create matrices which keeps you in line with their thought process. You know, meet the new king, same as the old king. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. I mean, what are you doing? And then I tell you the story of Jesus and how he became Christ. And I give you the story as much as I could put it together, the game that people played. I tell you how a religion based on the love of Jesus, the messenger, the prophet, the Messiah, the Christos, who the Romans called Christian and changed it into God. He never said he was God. He said that I come from God. We are all the children of God. And I come to tell you that love is the answer. All of a sudden it becomes control with the religion that says, we're gonna go kill all those that don't believe in us. So I walked you through that. I walk you to the creation of the Islamics and how all of a sudden they appear to stop the massacres. And I'm not saying anything's right or anything's wrong, except there is one wrong, that we live in a world where we kill each other. And then what I did is I got quiet and I finished this new book. And this new book is Act 14. It tells you what all the religions hint at, but they don't say to you. You get out of body and you go to a non-physical dimension. I give you what happens with religions and how they bury the debt and, and comfort the living. Act 15, I teach you about reincarnation as I was taught and as I The masters before wrote about what they know and what they were able to conjure up you know we've had angels we've had people reincarnate and tell us what they see and we don't believe them but yet we all believe the bible even though we make fun of it and it's all in there and then act 16 i get into the egyptian mysticism that i was taught and touched and i just dissected it and i couldn't get out I spare them i read i read a lot of books 17 I say, "Hey, great. I just told you how to ascend, but why don't you do it?" And I give you the reasons why. Because when you go back to the to the others, your old friends are going to grab you. Your parents are going to grab you. You're going to want to prove your religion was correct. You're going to want to prove your nation should win. You're going to want to finish that song you couldn't finish. You're going to want to do this, and you're going to want to do that. Well, good luck. As long as you want, you have a need, and as long as you have a want, and you have a need. Your energy, that particle has weight. And as long as you have weight, you're subject to the gravitation of the thought that lives inside that dimension that you're coming out of. And then in Act 18, I said, let me get you to the naked truth. Your energy, even though I tell you, you could go home to God, as long as you're a thought of any nature, with or without weight, all you're going to do is just find a new dimension to discover more. And maybe Peter Pan was right. Maybe the little prince was right. Maybe that I finally found my Debbie, who's sitting here and is my partner in this life. And Debbie was once Wendy, and I'm Peter Pan. I don't know. But anyway, you're here to find out what you want to find out. I believe I'll ascend, but I don't know. Maybe I'll hear the calling to get back there. Interesting. On Spotify and Apple, I give it away to you. It's called Sacred Knowledge, Rock and Roller's Guide to Higher Consciousness. Listen to the prelude. It's 15 minutes of me talking to you. I give it away for nothing. I don't want that money. I want you to live in a world where I can play with you. I want to live in a world where we don't hate each other. I really want to live in a world where we could sit there and we could sit and look each other in the eye and go, all right, what are we going to do today? Let's go have some fun. Let's do something never done before. You know, and it's, let's just go live in a life. And I tell you, in the quantum physics truths, how you can't destroy energy. And then I answer the question that all these nuclear scientists want to know, that Albert Einstein wanted to know. They want to know, where did it all begin? And it began with thought. A thought becomes the word. And the thought is the light that went off, and the Bible is correct. Everything begins with the thought.
0: Let's let the listeners and the viewers know where to come find you.
1: Go to theschoolofsacredknowledge.com. dot com. Also, you go to Steve S T E well, you got it up there S T E V E N M A C H A T tcom and you'll you'll discover me. And then if you forgot just put in m-a-c-h-a-t and i'm the only one that will come up and go to facebook go to uh instagram you know i'm the first name that will come up you'll know who i am
0: i'll make sure all that's in the show notes so that people have an easy way to connect with you because i think you're a brilliant individual and i think what you've created for us as humanity uh, is something that everybody needs to uh, get involved in and listen and learn and uh, be educated and motivated and inspired by what you've created and, and moved forward. Um, Stephen, this is one more thing before you go. So before you and I go, do you have any words of wisdom you can share?
1: Love life, it's a gift. Every time something's bothering you, and you may know this as well, just close your eyes and take slow breaths in through your nostrils and take give out slow breaths through your nostrils. Just keep your eyes closed. Count. Just stay there. And you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna open your eyes, and that anger you had is gone. It's over. You're back in the present. You're not in your past, which is your ass, and you're not in the future, which is angst. You're right here. Live in the moment. Enjoy the moment and understand you've got energies out there waiting to meet you. You've got energies out there to share with you. You've got energies out there. You know, people play golf, but they don't understand. that You may win the championship in golf, but the championship is building a team. And if you have a team, you can have a dream. And no matter how many dreams go bye-bye, there's other dreams for you to live. Dream, live, walk walk on earth. And by the way, thank you for giving me the inspiration earlier. Your story touched my heart and I do salute you and honor you.
0: Thank you. very and much. I thank you. That touches my heart and my soul. I appreciate that very much. Stephen, thank you very much for being on one more thing before you go. Thank you for sharing your journey. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your inspiration. I really appreciate it. And uh, I am ecstatic that we were able to connect and, and continue this. So thank you.
1: No thank you and if you, if you read the book and you have questions we're friends just let me know. I will do that. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise